Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. KYW Original Podcasts. Hey, this is KYW's Dave Uram. In today's conversation with 94WIP's Ray Dininger, we talked a lot about Doug Peterson's decision to punt near the end of overtime in Sunday's 23-all tie with the Bengals rather than go for it. We recorded this conversation before Peterson admitted on WIP that he should not have punted in that situation. So without further ado, here's my chat with Ray Dininger. Well, a disappointing afternoon for the Eagles. Again, they tied. They didn't lose. They tied with the Cincinnati Bengals. 23 all. It felt like a loss. I got the Hall of Famer Ray Dininger to break it down on the line with me right now. Ray, first things first, what was your reaction to Doug Peterson's decision near the end of overtime to punt instead of kick a really long field goal or go for it on fourth and 12? Uh, disbelief. <laughs> the, best, the best way of putting it. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. I, I really was shocked because to me, there were really only two choices facing Doug. Um, one was to try a very long field goal, which would have been 64 yards, would have been a team, would have been a team record. And, you know, and, and it's a long kick. I agree with that. Um, or the other one is you're facing a fourth and 12. Let's go for it. Let's try to convert the fourth and 12 and hold onto the ball and get closer. And then we can kick a more makeable field goal. But those were the only two choices. Try the long field goal or try to convert the fourth and 12. The idea of putting the ball away in that situation uh, and and basically giving the game, handing you know, conceding the fact that you're going to tie the Cincinnati Bengals, honestly, it never entered my mind. And when Doug decided to do that, um, I'm, I'm still, here we are 24 hours later, and I'm still trying to get my arms around it. To me, it made no sense. What, is he, what do you think that says, though, because uh, he's so he's usually so aggressive. What do you think that says about Doug's confidence in his team right now, whether it be Carson, the defense, or both? Uh, well, that's that's the whole point. Is what does it say about his feeling about his team right now? He has no confidence in them, uh, and it's uh, and it goes across the board. Uh, he's he's saying that I have no confidence in my offense's ability to pick up a fourth and twelve against a bad Cincinnati Bengals team. 
Uh, and he's also saying, I don't have confidence in my defense that if we don't make that play and the Bengals get the ball at this point, which is basically midfield with, at that point, it'll probably be 14 seconds to go, that my defense might not lose this for me. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty chilling, the message that it sends to the players. And even though after the game when everyone was asked about it, they all sort of said, well, I understand the, de- the decision, but deep down I don't think they do. Because part of the problem here is that Doug helped this team win a championship by being the opposite of that. You know, Doug helped win this team a championship not that long ago by being the most aggressive coach in the National Football League. I mean, my God, he wrote a book called Fearless after that Super Bowl season. So one of the things that that he really had going for him, and one of the things that really kind of defined the winning chemistry of that team, was faced with tough situations, Doug always trusted his players and always was aggressive and and kept pushing it and basically sending the message to the players, hey, I think you guys can do it. I believe in you. Let's go do it. That was a big. That was a big part of the formula that won this team a Super Bowl. And now, just a couple of years later, really, uh, with a lot of the same guys on the roster, faced the same situation against a terrible Cincinnati Bengals team, he basically turtles and punts the ball away. I mean, it's it sends the worst possible message. And I think honestly, when when Doug had time to think about it on the drive home last night, I'm sure he's come to the same conclusion. The word that you used, Ray, was disbelief. So I'm, I'm guessing that means you thought it was not a very good decision to punt and they should have at least tried it for something. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I, I thought if, if it had been my decision, I would have gone, I would have tried the field goal. Huh. I mean, I know it's asking a lot. I know it's 64 yards and that's a long kick, but that, that would have been what I would have tried to do because I think Elliott's capable of that, especially, you know, that was the direction that he had kicked his earlier field goal, which was over 50, which he made pretty easily. Uh, that seemed to be the way the wind was blowing. Uh, yeah, that to me would have been, I think he would have had a better chance of hitting the 64-yard field goal than picking up a fourth and 12, uh, given the way the quarterback is playing right now. I mean, Carson Wentz continues to be really inaccurate uh, and making – a lot of really bad decisions, and I mean that's kind of that's kind of troubling in a, in and of itself. That you think that a 64-yard field goal is a better option than letting your franchise quarterback try and convert a four and twelve, fourth and twelve against the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think that's kind of where you are right now. So yeah, I would have. I'm still I'm still sitting here this morning trying to figure it out. But yeah, in that decision, in the moment, I would have certainly gone for it, and I would have gone for the field goal and. Uh, and if and look if it, if it turns out that that you miss it and the Bengals get the ball there and they complete a hail mary and win the game, okay, I, I can live honestly. I can live with that easier than I can live with with what remains of this tie. Doug's taking a lot of criticism for for this decision, um, and I, I brought this question up to you before the season, um, and understandably, you told me at the time that, there, that there's no way. And I wanted to bring it up again last week, but I didn't for some reason. I ultimately chose not to, but I have to, I have to bring it up now. At 0-2-1, and, and after what just happened at the end of overtime yesterday, is Doug Peterson coaching for his job at this point with the way that this season seems like it's going? I still don't think so. Uh, at, at, you say at this moment. Right. Uh, I, I, st- I still don't think so. I'm, look, I, I'm sure that Jeff Lurie sat there, and I'm sure he was scratching his head, same as everybody else was, uh, about, first of all, the way this team played, the number of dumb mistakes that they made. I mean, 11 penalties, uh, 
stumbling around and having to settle for a tie against a really bad Cincinnati team. I mean, there was a lot, there was a lot for Jeffrey Lurie to ponder, and coaching was certainly a part of it. But the idea that um, that Doug is is his situation is tenuous with this owner. I, I don't think that. Not yet. Not yet. I think the, I think the the scarier thing is now when you look down the schedule where you go from here, the teams that you play the rest of the way. You know, in the next three weeks, obviously San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, um, and then beyond that, you got Seattle, you got Green Bay, you got New Orleans, you got an improved Arizona team. I mean, the schedule only gets tougher from this point forward. Um, if this 0-2 and one devolves into a 2-11 and one, I mean, just an utter the roof is falling kind of disaster. Yeah, then maybe it's a different conversation. Then maybe Doug is his job is in jeopardy. But you know, right now, I, I think I, I think Jeff really likes this guy. I think he's he look, he won him a Super Bowl. Um, I think he's going to give him the benefit of every possible doubt and every opportunity to fight his way through this. But with looking at the schedule and looking at the way you started this season, um, it's uh, I, I, I guarantee you Jeffrey Lurie's having some thoughts now that he never imagined he would think. But do I think that Doug is right now under the gun? I would say not. Do, do you think the same applies to Howie Roseman? Uh, I think when you're when you started the season the way this team has started the season uh, and lost games in the manner in which they've lost them and now tied one in the manner in which you tied it, I think everything is under review hmm. by the owner. Uh, I, I think that the, the quarterback certainly uh, they're being talked about. They're talking having those conversations internally and the coach, uh, and the general manager, because that's that's part of it. I mean, you look at this roster, uh, and you look at um, it, and it's, it's a roster that's been built by, by Howie. Um, you know, some of his drafting, some of his poor drafts over the last over the last few years, are the reason that you're playing Trevor Williams. You know, in in, in critical snaps in games like this, uh, it's you know he's I mean Howie's the guy that's decided that that's why you have Nate Gary out there playing linebacker when he probably shouldn't be. These are all Howie's decisions, and he has to answer for them. Uh, you know, right now, I don't think – I think Jeff is a patient guy, uh, and uh, and I think that the memory of the Super Bowl isn't all that long ago. I think he wants he wants desperately to get them to turn this thing around, but I think he wants these to be the guys who turn it around. So right now, uh, I, I'm, I think that he's going to hang with these guys for a time being, but – Looking at the schedule and looking at the way this season could unfold, if it turns out to be a three-win season, uh, at the end of it, then I think all bets are off. Then I think we're having a whole different conversation. But right now, I think Jeffrey still believes in his guys. Carson Wentz had the two picks yesterday. He's got six now. He had seven last season. And he also had that overthrow to Miles Sanders and what would have likely been a touchdown. Um, but he did use his legs a little bit more yesterday, which, which helped the Eagles come back. So it wasn't good. There were some encouraging things, but it wasn't good. What was your overall assessment of number 11 yesterday? Um, Wentz was up and down. Uh, and I think that there were a couple plays in there where you kind of saw glimpses of the old Carson Wentz. I mean, there were a couple of times where he was under under pressure, that the pass rush got to him. Uh, he shook guys off and made the throw, or he shook guys off and ran with the ball. Um, that I mean, that was encouraging. I mean, were, but it's just a play here, a play there. He's not putting anything together. But there were a couple of moments there you kind of thought, okay, that looks like Carson Wentz again. 
Uh, and then there was the drive at the end of the game. You get the ball three minutes to go. You got to score to take it to overtime or put yourself in a position to take it to overtime. He did that, took the team down the field. Now they were aided by two pass interference penalties, but they did get down the field. And, and he's the one that tucks the ball under his arm and runs for the touchdown that gets the game to overtime. I mean, those were all – if you're looking for ways that you're going to try and rebuild this guy, which is kind of where you are right now, there were moments in there that you kind of thought, yeah, that's – that that looks like the old Carson Wentz, but then there are also the other decisions he made: bad throws, interceptions, and the really bad overthrow to, to Sanders. Which you're right, certainly could have been a touchdown. But you look at that and you see, no, this guy's really fighting it, and his accuracy and his decision making has to get better, or this team's never going to turn the season around. So we've been talking a lot about the decision to punt at the end of overtime. That That's the thing that everybody's going to key on, and, and understandably so. But, Ray, when you look at that entire game yesterday, when you look at that entire game yesterday, it never should have... I know I picked the Bengals last week, and I I almost got the score. If Carson didn't score the touchdown, I would have been really close on, on the final score. I, I would have been 23-16, and I had 24-17. I would have, that would have been scary. Um, but, it, you know, why, why, did it, why was it so close yesterday? Why couldn't the Eagles, who are supposed to be a more talented team just win that game as you predicted they would by not by I think you had 30 to 21 by nine points why, why weren't they able to do that mistakes mistakes I still believe they're a better team than the Bengals I would hope that they're a better team than the Bengals but the mistakes I mean 11 penalties uh two turnovers um not taking the ball away you're you don't win very many games in the National Football League when you have you have more turnovers than takeaways, and the Eagles now have done that all the time. Um, you don't win many games in the National Football League when you have 11 penalties uh, in the games. You just don't. Um, I mean, most of the time that will get you beat. What happens in a game like this is you're playing a really poor opponent in Cincinnati, and all it does is it gets you a tie. But ultimately, the bottom line is it keeps you from winning, and that's what it was. Um, I mean, the Eagles are, are, I mean, even though I don't think their roster is great, it's certainly better than what the Cincinnati Bengals have. But when you squander opportunities and you make mistakes and you do things like have linemen go false starting on a field goal attempt, uh, you have another drive right before that where one of your tackles uh, is, is, is false starting. Then you have a guard gets a holding penalty. I mean, those are the kind of things that, will keep you from winning. Uh, and that's what it is right now. I mean, it, it, nobody likes to hear the term shooting yourself in the foot, but this was a game where I think the Eagles did that to it, did that against an opponent that is probably going to struggle to win three games all year anyway. But if, you know, the Bengals have one thing going for them, really, and that's they have a really good young quarterback. I mean, Joe Burrow showed yesterday why he was the first pick in the draft. Uh, and he has a bright future in pro football if he doesn't get killed playing for the Bengals. But other than that, the Bengals are as advertised. They're a bad team. But sadly, on yesterday, the Eagles were no better. And if they were in a better division, they'd be kind of out of it at this point. But the thing about it is is that they're in a terrible division. Nobody in the division has two wins. I know the Cowboys played Seattle well yesterday, and they're the best team in the division. But does it give you any encouraging hope, Ray, that after three weeks and nobody in the division has two wins that the Eagles still may have a chance to turn this thing around and somehow win a very bad NFC East? 
Um, that's a very, um, that's very little comfort. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if, if you, if you win, if you win a bad division, that doesn't make you a good team. Uh, it makes you the best of a bad lot. And that's kind of where the Eagles are right now. Yeah. This, I mean, we're far removed from the glory days of the NFC East when the NFC East was, was the home of powerhouse teams and hall of fame coaches. I mean, we've fallen far from that. Uh, and we may, and we may have seen this division bottom out this year because it may be worse than it's ever been. And, you know, that may keep the Eagles nibbling on the edge of what people might call contention because I don't think anybody's going to run away with this division. Um, but I, I, I can't say, yeah, this, this, that, that's, that's my hope is that this, the rest of the division is actually going to be worse than the Eagles are right now. The pursuit for the Eagles now has to be to try and get back to what they can be or want to be, which is a good team in and of themselves. A team that's they're a good team and they can compete with anybody. Right now, uh, yeah, they're in a bad division and that might keep them alive for a while. But they're not a good football team and they have to figure out a way to get there. And they got a tough matchup next week to try to figure that out. Is Sunday night football at the San Francisco 49ers? It's not going to be easy, but we will preview it on Friday morning. Ray, thank you for the time and talk to you Friday. All right, David. I look forward to it. Bye bye. Take care. Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger of 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.